Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to have you back for another edition of Texas Ag Today as we wrap up another week in Texas agriculture. My name's Kerry Martin, and I'm a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. We're covering it all from the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Warmer temperatures and recent rainfall may mean more internal parasites in cattle. I'm Jessica Dolmull and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. Winter weather made things difficult for those who raise cattle in the Texas Panhandle. Our springtime conditions also pose some concerns. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. We'll talk about moisture still being slim in the area. Also talking about some planting getting underway. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets coming up. Texas ranchers now have the opportunity to help steer beef promotion at home and abroad. There are currently four positions open for Texans on the Cattlemen's Beef Promotion and Research Board. The CBB maintains and expands domestic and foreign markets for U.S. beef and beef products. Through the U.S. Department of Agriculture, the CBB also manages the investment of beef checkoff funding. That's the dollar that's collected each time cattle are sold in the United States. Through the investment of that funding, the program has enhanced the demand for U.S. beef at an estimated rate of $11.91 return on every dollar invested in the program from 2014 to 2018. If you're interested in serving on this board, contact a nominating organization like Texas Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau will accept applications from qualified producers through May 28th. Details are available at TexasFarmBureau.org. Texas has been fortunate to receive timely rains in many areas as corn and cotton crops get started and wheat crops finish. Ockletree County Agent Scott Strong says wheat needs the rain in these final stages of development. This wheat is at the stage where it's beginning to head out and it'll start doing grain fill once that begins. And so the soil moisture requirements are going up dramatically. Rain at this time of the year is critical between just an average to let's go above average. When you look at the 100-year rainfall, April is around two inches, and I think we were well below that for April. May's getting closer to that three-inch mark. And those years where we get those averages, we're going to make a better crop. And Strawn says the rain is a big help for those still trying to get cotton, corn, and sorghum in the ground. A combination prevention and treatment plan can help minimize economic losses caused by internal parasites in cattle. Jessica Domel has the story. Warmer temperatures and recent rainfall may be great for pastures and crops, but they can have an unwanted side effect for beef cattle producers more internal parasites. 
Dr. Mike Nichols, Senior Professional Services Veterinarian for Beringer Ingelheim Animal Health, joins us with more. The parasite burden and the transmission of parasites really is so dependent on moisture and the proper temperatures for parasite transmission and on forage type and availability. So one of the things that we remember about worms is that those little larvae that cattle ingest when they're grazing only crawl up a couple inches maybe on grass. And so, for instance, leaving forage height higher, not grazing down down so low will reduce the number of parasites that cattle pick up. And that's one strategy outside of using parasiticides. It's very beneficial in controlling both parasite burden and the need to deworm as frequently. We generally see more parasite transmission when temperatures are warm and there's plenty of moisture. So in the very hot, heat, dry period of the summer of Texas, we're going to get a actually a natural kill of parasites on pasture and not as much transmission as we would have in those times of the year when we've got more moisture, more forage and good warm temperatures for those parasites to flourish. The stocking rate to utilize our grass the best way possible also influences the amount of parasites that a cow that's grazing picks up. Dr. Nichols encourages cattlemen and women to develop a parasite treatment and prevention plan with their veterinarian. He recommends determining the current parasite burden and assessing how well the current treatment plan is working. If the parasite pressure is too high, a combination treatment plan may be the best course. What the parasitologist specifically working with cattle have told us is that if we will use dewormers from two different classes at the same time, we can get more effective prevention, more effective control of those parasites and reduce the likelihood of building up resistance. Dr. Nichols also recommends taking steps to prevent parasites from becoming resistant to parasiticides. Consider on some of the animals that don't need deworming. Those animals that have some natural resistance that seem to maintain their body condition well regardless of not deworming those animals. Leave a small percentage of animals in a herd untreated so that the worms that they're carrying and the eggs that they pass out are not affected. And that maintains a population of parasites on the pasture that are very susceptible. Again, that was Dr. Mike Nichols from Beringer Ingelheim. I'm Jessica Dommel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The weather has presented plenty of problems this year for cattle producers in the Panhandle. James Hunt reports from Amarillo. Calving season in the Texas Panhandle is pretty much complete, and Texas A&M AgriLife beef cattle specialist Jason Smith says... The reports I've heard for the most part have been that so far the, the calving season has gone fairly well, all things considered, especially once we got past the early winter storm and some of the issues associated with that. As we recall, many panhandle ranchers went to great lengths to help newborn calves and the rest of their herds make it through that bitter February cold spell. But one specific issue that Dr. Smith had mentioned to me shortly after Winter Storm Uri was concern about damage to the reproductive capacity of area bulls. Here's his update. The reports that we've received have indicated that a large portion of those issues with Breeding soundness exam results and, and failures, or at least a portion of failures or deferments during those BSEs have been alleviated. It just took a little time for those bulls to recover. So a positive outcome overall, although Dr. Smith says a small portion of the bulls out there did suffer permanent damage. Now, our springtime weather has gone back and forth between hot days and cold days. Dr. Smith says those temperature swings could pose a respiratory health risk for cattle, especially for animals that become stressed in other ways, 
something to think about for the next couple of weeks or so. A lot of people may have already done branding. Others may be preparing for branding time where we're going to work calves and turn bulls out. And so as we start working calves and castrating and vaccinating and those kinds of things, if we have some flexibility, keep the weather in the back of our mind when we plan those events. Coming up tomorrow, potential challenges for keeping area cattle nourished. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Many West Texas farmers have seen some rainfall recently, but there's still a big moisture deficit. Lubbock area farmer Eddie Griffiths tells us that regardless of the rainfall, it's time to roll the planters. In West Texas, we're still looking towards the sky for more moisture for the most part of the area. There have been areas that have received some rainfall, but for the most part, West Texas is still pretty dry and planters are starting to run over the past week you've seen rainfall in some areas from three quarters to maybe an inch of rainfall or maybe even less that's still not enough moisture to get a lot of this crop started because we've been dry for a very good while now producers are starting to plant their irrigated fields get that crop into the ground we've seen warmer temperatures on some days but also cooler temperatures so the ground still needs a little more heat to get those heat units try to warm things up and help expedite germination but as we get further into the month of may and planting deadlines as far as insurance purposes come up, we're desperately going to need rain, especially on this dryland crop across West Texas that makes up about half of the crop. So hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed and our eyes to the sky and we'll see some more moisture in the area. From West Texas, I'm Eddie Griffiths. Texas farmers and ranchers along the Mexican border are facing dangerous situations every day with the flood of illegal immigrants pouring across the border. Gary Joyner has more. Farmers and ranchers near the southern border have a story to tell. It's a story of frustration and alarm. Many believe the American public is not being told what's really happening on their property and in their communities. The border crisis impacts are many. Texas farmers and ranchers describe an overwhelming and often dangerous situation that must be addressed. A new web page hosted by the Texas Farm Bureau is helping to tell their story. There are videos and personal accounts on the site, unfiltered, straight from the source. The current situation is untenable. Farm and ranch families in Texas, California, Arizona, and New Mexico are bearing the brunt of this unprecedented number of migrants illegally crossing the border. America needs to know. Understanding the real impacts of the border crisis is the only way to truly discover a solution. I'm Gary Joyner for Texas Ag Today. Every year, Sea Turtle Inc. steps in to help nesting turtles in South Texas. How do they do it? I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And all horses will develop arthritis to some degree as they age. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now... 
We're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. All horses will develop arthritis to some degree as they age, but there are some things we can do earlier to decrease arthritis as horses get older. Veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more. Dr. Susan Oakley indicates arthritis is simply inflammation of the joint. Osteoarthritis is a chronic progressive disease that usually begins as inflammation of the synovial membrane around the joint, and this inflammation leads to degradation of the articular cartilage and later bone. In the early stages, you may only notice changes in movement patterns and uneven muscle development before the horse becomes lame. Some early signs include joint stiffness that might improve with work, reduced range of motion, heat and swelling around joints, behavioral changes, and changes in posture. Sometimes behavior is blamed when the horse may actually be hurting. It is important for the vet to perform a complete physical exam on every horse and not just look at joints, but the overall horse both standing still and moving. There are multiple options for treatment of arthritis and some horses respond to shoeing changes that can reduce trauma. Also, weight management is very important as the heavier the horse, the more weight that is on the joints causing more pain. There are hundreds of nutraceuticals on the market for arthritis, and very few of these are supported by research. There are various medications, including the ingredients glucosamine and chondroitin and others, and because they are not drugs, none are tested by the FDA for approval. So you have to choose a company you trust. Adequin is a great drug to actually protect the cartilage versus just treating the inflammation. Injection of cortisone, hyaluronic acid, and regenerative medications directly in the joints can also be effective at controlling arthritis. I'm Dr. Bob Judd, and this is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Every year, Sea Turtle Inc. steps in to help nesting sea turtles in South Texas. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. On our last show, Wendy Knight, the executive director of Sea Turtle Inc., encouraged Texans who find nesting sea turtles to contact the organization. Nesting sea turtles on public beaches face a number of threats and are vulnerable to vehicles and predators. Knight says once someone reports a sea turtle nest in South Texas, they step in to ensure the safety and well-being of the turtle and its offspring. We then cultivate that nest and we take it to a protected corral and we replicate the nest there in a protected environment. So we dig a hole that's the same size and depth. We use sand from the original nest from the beach and we protect them there in a nest with 24 hour a day, seven day a week visibility and security. That way they have the best possible ability to hatch, at which point we return them immediately to the ocean and allow them to go back into the Gulf of Mexico and continue. If we were not to do that because of the proximity and the people and the cars and ATVs and all of those things on the beach, the likelihood of survival of that nest would be very slim. All five species of sea turtles that can be found in South Texas are on the endangered species list and are classified as near extinction. Sea Turtle Inc. is the permitted entity that rescues, rehabilitates, and leads conservation efforts for turtles from the port of Mansfield down to the tip of Texas on South Padre Island. 
The number to report nesting sea turtles is available on seaturtleinc.org. You can also call 1-866-TURTLE and then the number 5. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. It was a very crazy day in the agricultural markets on Thursday. The bottom fell out of just about everything, and analysts can't quite figure out why. We'll take a closer look at all of Thursday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was a sharply lower day Thursday for many of our agricultural markets, and we're having a hard time figuring out exactly what caused things to fall apart. Normally, when you see the corn market drop nearly limit down, you'll see strength in cattle prices. That was not the case. We did have the nearly limit down move in corn, but cattle prices were sharply lower, especially live cattle. June down $3, 115.60. August live cattle down 292 at 119.40. October down 250 at 124.05. It didn't affect the feeder market as much. The nearby May feeder cattle contract actually ended 70 cents higher. 137.45. Rest of the contracts lower. August down two cents. 150.50. September feeders down seven at 151.97. Cash fed cattle trade. We've seen about 5,000 head sell so far in Texas this week. Those cattle have sold mostly at 119. However, we did have a few pens sell at 120 to 120 and a quarter. Boxed beef prices were mixed, choice up $2.31708, select down 71 cents, $2.96.45. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Let's head over to Caldwell, talk to Carl Herman, Caldwell Livestock Commission Company, about the grand sale he had there Wednesday. Carl, I understand it was a good one. You know, uh, better than expected, really, for all the rain we had on Tuesday. We had bumping uh, 600 head uh, yesterday uh, for uh, uh, 77 consigners on a higher uh, calf market, steady cow market, and uh, 45 buyers on hand. We had 175 cows and bulls. Uh, slaughter cows, 35 to 70. We had no bulls for sale yesterday, which is surprising. Mm-hmm. Uh, stalker cows, 650 to 1,000, and pairs, 750 to 1,425. Uh, on the calves, two to three weight steers brought 170 to 205. Three to four weights, 160 to 175. Four to five weight steers, 135 to 172. Five to six weights, 126 to 145. Six to seven weight steers, 126 to 141. And seven to eight weight.
weights, 115 to 125. On the heifers, two to three weights, 161 to 185. Three to four weights, 134 to 162. Four to five weights, 132 to 150. Five to six weight heifers, 121 to 149. Six to seven weights brought 116 to 130. And the seven to eight weight heifers, 95 to 102. Uh, overall, had a good day. The cattle were good. Had a lot of pairs on hand. They sold well. So uh, we look forward to next week. Well, tell us how to get a hold of you. Folks want to head out and buy some stuff or if they need you uh, to come and look and evaluate cattle. 979-820-5349. Call the barn, 567-4119. Pretty Giddings and surrounding area, call Max Ebner at 540-8676. We appreciate you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thank you, Larry. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, neighbor, it looks like I'm going to have to tell you all bye-bye because we've exhausted all the time the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network is going to give us for this edition of Walk in the Pants. Thanks for coming down the lane and visiting. I'm Larry Marble. I've been your host. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market now. We're lean hogs close lower. Nearby May down 32 cents, 111.47. June hogs down $1.92 at 110.10. Class 3 milk was lower. May milk down 10 cents, 18.97. June milk down 6, 1958 100 weight. Big drop in the cotton market. You take all of the losses that we saw in the grains, combine that with the potential for rain in West Texas next week, and that caused a sharply lower move in cotton futures. The July contract down 325 points, 84.98. October cotton down 276, 83.88. The December contract down 237 at 83.30. The corn market sharply lower. As we mentioned, analysts kind of scratching their heads trying to figure out exactly what happened. Maybe it's some anxiety about high prices and how high we've gotten here lately. We've also had weather concerns in this market, so that could be a factor as well. But the bottom line is we saw corn hit limit down throughout the trading session on Thursday. We closed just off of that with the May contract down 38 and a half, 719 a bushel, September corn down 38 and a half at 583. That weakness spilled over into the wheat market. Combine that with some pretty good-looking forecasts for the southern plains of the United States, and that pushed wheat prices sharply lower, both hard and soft wheat finishing in negative territory with July Kansas City wheat down 33 cents, 657 and 3 quarters. July Chicago wheat down 28 and a quarter, 701 and a half. In the energy markets, June natural gas was unchanged, 297. June crude oil down 232 at 63.76 a barrel. The financial markets higher. The Dow up 433 points, 34,021. The Nasdaq up 93, 13,124. The S&P 500 up 49 at 4,112. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. See you then, right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, Check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.